Father, just in this place right now, Lord God, we know that we're short of time, but we just ask, Father, that you would release something within the house that would change us forevermore. Lord, I thank you for the journey of every house, every church. I thank you for the legacy that they are leaving, Lord, for the generations to come. I thank you for the culture that they're investing into. Lord, I pray that our church, Mount Clear Church of Christ, would have a lasting impact, Lord, in the lives of our family, Lord, in the lives of the community. Lord God, may we be a place that, Lord, that creates and leaves such an indentation in the world. Lord God, that people would be coming, looking for those that made that mark. May we walk in our true identity, our original design as sons and daughters of a living God. Lord, seated with him in heavenly places. Ambassadors of God, citizens of heaven. Victorious because of your sacrifice. So have your way this morning, we pray. Speak to us, challenge us, excite us in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> I had a really good couple of days at the at the Moore Conference at Stairway. It was really good fun. I um, I think most of us that were here last week, you know, really enjoyed Corey Turner. He was just off the charts. He always is. Um, <laughs> I I'll share a little bit later some of the stuff that he shared with us, but I. I so appreciate that he's been with us now. I think he's come four times over the years, yeah? But he's just been able to speak into the house in such a way that everyone within the house has just accepted him, yeah? Just embraced him. Uh, He knows that. He shares that. And so when he comes, he just feels like he can share openly. He doesn't need to hold back. He's not been asked to refrain. He's just able to share his heart. And I love the fact that a lot of the people that come and minister here have that experience, you know, that they can just come and be themselves, you know. I, I, I loved how he released uh, the ministry of healing at the end of the service. I, I loved his line. For those that weren't here, he said, it, it, it's not a, a show where you come and watch the monkey do tricks. <laughs> it was just, it was really a profound comment. And then he called up just the different people within our church to come and just to pray and to release everything that he spoke about. It was just so good. It wasn't just the one man with all the power doing all the stuff that was released for all of us. It was just, for me, it was one of those wows, those, the, those awesome times, those, those awe times, those jaw-dropping times that we have with God, you know? And we need to keep having those. I've... Having been away for three days was having lots of those. <laughs> lots of those. Um, Bill Johnson was brilliant. Uh, Peter McHugh was phenomenal. Uh, James Maloney was, was just off the charts and exceptionally different. His healing ministry is unbelievable. What he experiences uh, and the things that he's been through are just mind-blowing. You know, the healings alone was just 
phenomenal. But even before, I, I have to share this. Because t- today, I just want to share some of the stuff that God was speaking to me about. Because I, I want us, I want you, yeah? I, I can see it, yeah? It's okay for me. I can see it. But I, I want to be able to, to elevate your sight. I want to be able to elevate your faith so that you can see what's possible in you, through you, and, and through this house, yeah? Like, through this house. At the end of the day, I'm super proud of this house. And I think all of us should be super proud of the house that you belong to. And if you're not, that's okay. Find one that you are proud of and, and talk about it and talk it up and love it and love the people in the same way that you talk up your family, yeah? But um, while, we, while we were there, there was, there was two really co- There was a stack of healings, but just two so that you know, just really quickly. Sandra, uh, there's a couple of people that are still there at conference, even though I prompted them to come back. <laughs> they didn't heed anyway they're they're still away anyway sandra sandra's got a, a bad shoulder during the conference like just during it not going up for prayer during it it's been healed shoulder's been healed yeah my son nathan is in kids church he, unfortunately mel passed something onto him yesterday so he's got something wrong with his eye but he's been unwell. Nathan's been unwell. He's had aches and pains in his whole body. You know when you've got a flu, you just feel it everywhere. That's what it's been like, yeah? What I really love about the Moore Conference is the value that they put on children. So whoever the guest speakers are, when you've got one of them, the other is ministering in the kids' church. The next session, you've got the other speaker, and they do a swap, and they minister in the kids' church. So while James Maloney was speaking to us, Bill Johnson was with the kids, sharing, talking about testimony, and then praying for people. As he prayed for Nathan, this is what Nathan said to Mel. He goes, all my sickness is gone, my pain's gone. And he goes, how do you know? He goes, while he was praying, I could feel it leaving. Yeah? And I'm like, that's awesome. So, and he was, he was awesome all day. Then we got home last night, and his eye went a little bit red, and I just said, Mel... <laughs> do you remember when Mark Jurisic from City West Church was here? Recently, Mark and Kaz were here. Um, and on that particular day, some of you may have realised, some of you may not have realised, we were in the middle of worship. Yeah? Our, our team was singing along. And a brother in our church, God had prompted that person to come and, and wash my feet. Yeah? They don't know why they were prompted to come and wash my feet. They were just prompted to come and wash my feet. <laughs> now, they had a little bit of an argument with God. You know? They said, well, where's the water? You know, if I'm supposed to wash his feet, there'll be water there, all right? Anyway, they got up to wash, wash my feet, and when they got up, there was no water. So they decided they would do the next best thing, and they approached me and said, can we massage your feet? That, that's really humbling, yeah? I, like, uncomfortable, awkward even, you know? Like, seriously... Um, and awkward for them and awkward for me. So they did that, yeah? Mark and Kaz are here. Kaz looks over and goes, what's he doing? <laughs> That's, this is her thinking. What's he doing? Now, she suffers with bone spurs in her feet. While my feet are being massaged, she remembers a testimony from this house when Eli prayed and a few other people prayed and there was three people that have got flat feet that got arches, Yeah? 
And for those that don't know that, there's some phenomenal miracles that have come out of this house. So she remembers that, then sees this person on his knees massaging my feet, and she says to the Lord, whatever he's getting, I want. Because her bone spurs, the pain level's up to eight. Yeah? So this is months ago. So we're at the Moore Conference. She goes, oh, you know what? She goes, I forgot to tell you. I go, what? She goes, I got healed in your church. I go, when? She goes, when, when Mark and I were there and that person was massaging your feet, what was he doing? I said, I, I don't really know. He doesn't know. He just did what he was told. And she goes, well, I saw that and I just thought, I want what he's got. And so I said, God, I need you to fix my feet. She goes, the bone spurs, the pain was a level eight, constantly, always, all the time. She goes, it's gone. Yeah? Can we give God, a, give God, give God some, some praise? Yeah? Then she goes, every once in a while, I feel it again, but it's like a one. And I just, she goes, I just say to that pain, no, 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 I was healed. And it goes again. Yeah? That's out of this house without laying on of hands, just during the worship. Yeah? You've got to get excited about that. Wait till I share some of the stuff that this guy, Dr. James Maloney, did. Some of you are going to think, yeah, sure, Fred. When that voice comes, ask it. Ask it, cast it into the deepest depths of the sea and grab hold of, by faith, what is possible in God. Because he does the impossible, yeah? <laughs> I just love the fact that you got healed in the house. So I'm just going to share some of my thoughts just from, just from the, the, the conference. I just want to share what God was really impressing on me. You know, because I'm... A lot of the stuff that God impressed on me while I was away was for me, but some of it was for the house. And I said before, I'm proud of the house. I, I, I think it's, you know, for any, any guests, I apologise. I think we're the best. Yeah? I, I just do. But it, it's in the same way. I've got a really poor analogy, yeah? I like AFL football. I barrack for the Western Bulldogs. I think we're the best. Are we the best at the moment? Not on the ladder. Not, we're lucky to be even, even to make the finals. But if you speak to me and Samuel, we are the best team. It is my team. Yeah? So we might not have the most bottoms on seats. We might not have the best carpet on the floor. We may have the best worship in Victoria. Yeah? But as far as I am concerned, this is the best house. It's my house. Yeah? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. My prayer is that they and you think that about your house. Yeah? If someone goes to another church in Ballarat, they should, if they're saying Mount Clear is the best, well, what are you doing where you are? They should be saying the same thing. Where we go is the best house. Now, we're all part of the same body. Yeah? But if you're asking me, I know my right hand thinks it's better than my left because it can do more than it can, yeah? It's just the same in the body of Christ. We are all part of the body. We're all playing for the same team. We all have a different part to play, but where you fit, you need to love. You need to be proud of it, amen? Because at the end of the day, yeah, like Dorothy, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And whenever I'm away, even at the conference, I had some beautiful worship on the Thursday. God absolutely undid me a couple of times. But I'm telling you, in my heart of hearts, there is no place like home. There is no... I even tried a couple of times. I clicked my ankles, but no, it wasn't, didn't, I was still there. I was hoping I might have had one of those supernatural experiences where I could be just transported back into the house at Mount Clear. But no, it didn't happen. I'll keep trying. I'll keep believing. I didn't have my red shoes on, it's true. 
Now, on the Thursday night with, with Dr. James Maloney, after he shared, he went into a, a time, and I'm just sharing this to build your faith, yeah? He went into a time of praying for people. What you've got to understand is the session starts at 7, 7.30. 7.30. I left there at midnight. He finished at 1.30. Yeah? I was, I was done. You can only see so many deaf people here healed. You can only see so many hips yeah, made real. You can only see so many pins disappearing. How do you know they disappeared? Because when a friend goes up to a friend and goes, they're not... Oh, that's your sore arm. Let's do this one. They're not there, Father. <laughs> totally. In Jesus' name. You need to move it around and see. Seriously. It's the act of faith. It's a small act of faith that activates. Yeah, it's nothing else. Yeah, even if the pain's still there, you've got to move it. So there was all sorts of stuff happening. So, uh, this this guy that went up that had a fused ankle. Yeah, if you know anyone who ever, who's ever had to have their their ankles fused, they don't feel anything. In fact, if they fall, they can snap it. They don't even know. So he walks up limping. He's got a fused ankle. Doctor James is really out there. Yeah, he's sixty-one. He's actually, he's been really sick of late. He's had a stroke. Half his face doesn't work. So when he makes a joke, he lifts his mouth so you know he's smiling. Seriously, <laughs> like I'm telling the truth, right? He's just, he's just an unusual, he's an unusual guy. Yeah. And so he just prays and, 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 he, and even while he's praying, he goes, how do, you know, how do you know if Jesus heals you? How do you know? He goes, well, I'll have to move it to the side. And someone behind him goes, I can't even move my ankle like that. Yeah. And he's like... He, like he's moving his ankle like he's Elvis Presley, you know, on his toes, about to do a dance. This lady that got healed from, from hearing, who's deaf, he's praying for her ear. And as he pulls his fingers away from her ear, she screams because of the intensity of the volume in her ear. And she just decides to run up, going, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear, yeah? Like just one after the other. He goes, I have, a, I have a sense there's about six women that have got a problem with their thyroid. I wish people could count because more than six women came forward, yeah? But that's probably why he was there to 1.30. And, and I don't know a lot about the thyroid, yeah? So he's, he's putting his finger, he goes, put your finger there. You know, there's a hole. He, he gets words of knowledge. He can see what's happening in a person's body, where the pain is, where it's linked to. Phenomenal stuff. So he's, he'll say, put your finger there. There's nothing there. No, I don't know what I'm looking at. There's nothing there. Just press a bit more. He goes, all right, well, God's going to put a thyroid there. You'll feel a bump in a minute. And there was one person who's going, no, I can't feel anything. Love, I think you're, look, you're, I think you're searching in the wrong spot. Just keep going. And all of a sudden, it's like, I can. I can. Like one after the other after the other. People who had half thyroids, thyroids not working, thyroids that weren't there, all of a sudden had, had thyroids. It was unbelievable stuff. Like just mind-blowing stuff. He's partnering crime. Yeah, his partner in crime, a guy by the name of John that I called Frank. Don't make that mistake, it's really embarrassing. Anyway, John described himself yesterday as the person, the Christian with the least amount of faith ever. He's, you know, he prayed for people. Now, I just related to him. So I pray for people and 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 I didn't see a lot of healings. He goes, I just didn't. And he goes, the more you do that, your faith just takes a dip, takes a dip, takes a dip, takes a dip. His wife has this severe car accident, like leaves her virtually crippled. She can walk, but it just keeps deteriorating. 
Yeah. One day they're at a, 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 some service, and I, I don't know whose serv- um, who service it was um, for this guy, John, but uh, it was a Bill Johnson service where Bill says, oh, I, I've, there's someone here that had a car accident 16 years ago. It left you with this damage, blah, blah, blah. So she jumps straight up, and while she's standing there, she's completely healed. So here's this guy, John, who has just not seen healing like that, that all of a sudden, within himself, faith starts to stir up. He ends up going to college with Randy Clark, ends up um, doing an internship with Dr. James. Yeah? So he's sharing that they're at this place somewhere in Africa, and this 12-year-old girl comes up, and uh, he goes, she looked about five or six. She, she had dwarfism. And he goes, and I, said, I looked at her. He goes, I could see where all the issues, you know, he goes, he could see where all the issues were. And so Dr. James prayed for this girl, prayed that she would be healed and believing and said, okay, God's actually taking this, doing this, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's healed you. You're going to be well. And then, go, and, and then goes to walk away. And then he goes, actually, he wants to do it right now. This girl who stood the height of a five or six-year-old that was actually 12 was up to his belt buckle. He's about six, two to four, I think. He's really tall. And he has his hands on her head and he's just said to the people, just, let's just pray. And as he's just talking, his hands just slowly moving forward, moving up and up and up and up. And by the time it, he'd finished, by the time he'd finished, the pants on the girl were somewhere up, up to his knees. And John goes, when I see things like that, he goes, who am I to not believe? He goes, here I am, this person who... who it was really was titled the person, the Christian with the least amount of faith ever. He goes, after seeing that, he goes, I remember being outside in a supermarket and I'm just saying, wow, you, got to, you should have been where I was and seen what I had seen, etc., etc." And this guy goes, oh, really? Why? Oh, God's doing these miracles. And this guy out of the blue goes, yeah, what can God do about this? So this is to this John who has just never seen a miracle in his life, right? This guy's arm is dead from the elbow down. It's white. Like, he goes, it's actually, it looked clammy. It was terrible. He goes, but I'm like, that's easy. After seeing, yeah, he goes, that's easy. He's never prayed for anyone before. That's easy. So he goes, I just thought, well, I'm just going to do what he did. So he lays hands on it and he could see color come back into this guy's arm who accepts the Lord there and then on the spot. Yeah, it was just, it was phenomenal being in that atmosphere because the presence of God was just mind-blowing. Yet you had to see it in operation. You know, he started to share about a wind of change, particularly on the Thursday, and he talked about all these different, different miracles and types of miracles. And I'm going to run through them really quickly because there's a point, and I'm looking at the time. Um, so Hebrews 2.4, um, he was talking about various miracles and diverse miracles, and God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles yeah, and gifts of the Holy Spirit wherever he chose. Yeah? Then he talked about the mega dunamis, great power, the great power miracles, stuff like the girl with, with dwarfism. Yeah? Acts 4.33, um, 4 it starts and it reads, With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection. How do you testify to the resurrection in great power? Do you speak louder? <laughs> Is that how you do it? Yeah. It doesn't make sense, does it? See, the great power there is, is actually the, the word dunamis. 
Yeah? And, and this here is mega dunamis. It's explosive power, excessive, excessive power, excessive energy. Then he started to talk about notable miracles, Acts 4.16. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign. Do you think a notable sign is taking canvas and writing stop on it? And putting it where people can see it, it's a miracle after you've prayed that people have witnessed and they've taken notice of. Yeah? Notable stuff. And then Acts 19.11, extraordinary miracles. It says God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. The miracles and the story of the miracles we know as we read, they start to spread. Testimonies begin, be, begin to be shared. And then Dr. James, while he was there on the Thursday, he prayed over all of us that this special gift of faith to believe for these extraordinary miracles, to believe for the mega dunamis miracles, the extra explosive power stuff, he prayed the gift of faith to all believers that were there. You know what? I'll take that. In fact, I want a double portion, two hands. While I'm at it, can I grab some for our church? Yeah? And then, it was only then, then it starts to get interesting. That was nothing. Then it starts to get really good. Yeah? Because he, what he was sharing and what I was hearing, he was saying that these miracles that have happened, the stuff that we were reading about, they're an expression of the kingdom. Yeah? An expression of the kingdom, the kingdom of God. We're not just about church, we're about the kingdom of God. If we're only building the four walls here, we're missing the point. It's about the kingdom of God, yeah? So, where the kingdom of God manifests itself through us to those around us, that's the expression of the kingdom. When you share the gospel, it's an expression of the kingdom. When you pray and people are healed, it's an expression of the kingdom. When you worship and people enter into that place, it's an expression of the kingdom of God. Amen? How else do you explain that my son gets prayer and all the pain leaves his body? Or Sandra gets prayer and the, and the pain in her shoulder goes. Or that Kaz sits at the front and all of a sudden her bone spurs and the pain that they've caused disappear. It's an expression of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. There is no pain, heartache, bone spurs in the kingdom. It's an expression of the kingdom, yeah? So what we have to understand is whenever we encounter the presence of God... And I want us to catch this. It's an access point to heaven. Yeah? Whenever we encounter the presence of God, it's an access point to heaven. In fact, it's an access point to everything that God has for us. Because as his children, we have unlimited access to heaven. As his friends, as we build relationship with him, he wants to share with us the mysteries of heaven. Yeah? And I guess the thing to know about any access point is it's not one way. Yeah, Go with me here. There's an access point, a doorway. There's another doorway. They're access points, yeah? Do you know that I can walk out, but somebody else can walk in? So every time we encounter the presence of God, we actually are experiencing an expression of heaven, yeah? An access point that's two-way. Now, I, that should really excite us when you think about it, yeah? Now, I'll, I'll, give it, I'll explain it like this. Genesis 28, 10 to 13. Meanwhile, Jacob left Bathsheba and travelled through Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp, stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, 
He dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down. Yeah? Verse 13, at the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I'm the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying, lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Now, I'm just going to jump to verse 16, if that's all right. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely this is, you know, surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't aware of it. But he was, a, he was also afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. It's none other than the house of God, yeah? The very gateway to heaven. Why did I get Ollie to come up and for us to refocus? Yeah? Because when we start to encounter him, we step into an access point, yeah? An access point that runs two ways. Let me go a little bit further. It's the very gateway of heaven. Yeah? And when we push open that doorway, yes, we can walk into the holy of holies because of Jesus. But like Jacob dreamed of angelic visitations coming up and down the ladder, the presence and personage of God, yeah, comes up and down as he likes. Yeah? Because we've now pressed open an access point of heaven. See, Jacob dreamed it, but he realized that it was an awesome place in a dream. How much more for us who don't have to dream it, that can live in it? Yeah? Yeah? See, God wants to entrust to us kingdom expression. We are his hands and feet extended. The glory of God will cover the earth. How will it cover the earth? Through us, expressing the kingdom as we move, have an encounter with his presence at an access point, open the door and leave it open for others to join us but, and leave it open for others to join us. Yeah? That's why, again, I'm proud of this house. Yeah? And it's the faith of the people. But that's why we've had moments where people have tangibly felt like a river flowing against their feet. Yeah? That's why others have said there were angels sitting on those rafters because we got to an access point, a gateway into heaven where we opened the door that's two-way. Yeah? You've got to let that sink into your spirit just a little bit, don't you? Like, it's a, it's a lot to take in, but it's, like, so exciting. When you see the ramifications, the consequences, the outworking of an open access point when you're a gateway, like I experienced on Thursday, my goodness, I want that. Yeah. More of that. More of him more of God's presence, yeah, more of his power, more of his goodness, because he's always good, he's always just. See, God wants to, I believe, and what Dr. James was teaching, and, and I, I was in tears, absolutely in tears, yeah, he wants to bestow upon us the heart and the eyes of a gatekeeper, yeah, the gatekeepers of the manifest presence of God. The Old Testament had gatekeepers. 
They opened and closed the gate. They kept guard. They did all sorts of stuff. But now in the New Testament, yeah, we are the gatekeepers of heaven, yeah, not just a physical temple. See, kingdom ex- expression is whenever we encounter the presence of God. And you can't have a moment with God in prayer where you don't, where his presence is not at because you cannot separate them. His presence is who he is. Yeah? So we should start to expect that. I'm believing. It's not all about experience. Please hear me. It's not all about experience because sometimes you can sit with God and it's some of the toughest time you've ever spent in your life and after that five minutes you walk out of the closet you know some of you know what I'm talking about when you're just there and it's just there are no words and there's no emotion but when God's there his presence is there it's totally there and it's in those moments that we go from having our hands like this to I have no words God but it's all about you yeah just you and you just rest in that place because where you're with God, his presence is at. And like walking into a nightclub that taints your clothes full of smoke, you walk out of the presence of God and it taints your whole being. Yeah? Taints your whole being. So when you walk out, <laughs> Jacob's dream is alive in you because you've spent time with the Father at an access point where you've encountered the presence of God and the door is open both ways yeah it's not a dream for us Kaz's feet not a dream the shoulder on Sandra not a dream my son not a dream Ray and Vicky Vicky's polyps shrinking not a dream Ray moving his shoulder after remember Ben when you prayed for him not a dream access point heaven when the presence of God is there stuff just happens yeah I remember when Marion got prayer for her heart because it had been racing and medicine wasn't, it just wasn't coming down to where it needed to be. And, and from prayer, it just went, decided it wanted to hold a nice steady beat. Yeah? Better than some drummers. Nothing. That wasn't aimed at you. It was other drummers. See, miracle after miracle, it's, it's about encountering Papa God. It's about encountering him. And where he is, so is his presence. It's a kingdom expression. It's access point into heaven, but into heaven's treasury. You've got to hear that, into heaven's treasury. It's into heaven's treasury. And so his father in this season that wants to bestow upon us the heart and the eyes of a gatekeeper, the gatekeepers of the manifest presence of God first chronicles 9 verse 27 says they would spend the night around the house of God these were the gatekeepers old testament since it was their duty to guard it and to open the gates every morning and I won't read the next couple of scriptures it just gives you their other duties but it was it was their duty they had the key yeah to open the gate every morning they had the key so I want to focus on verse 27 because the gatekeepers had the key, the keys to open gate. It's important for us because if we jump to the New Testament, John 10, 9 says, Jesus' words, yes, I am the gate. (laughs) Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and what? And go freely. They will come and go freely. So he's the gate. 
Yeah? God wants us to be gatekeepers. He's given us the key so we can open the access point where Jesus is so people can come and go freely, where the Spirit of God can come and go freely in our lives and in the lives of those around us. That's where the supernatural lives, right there. And God's looking for a people that he can bestow that heart and those eyes upon. A heart, someone that longs for his presence. An eye, someone that can see when God's moving, that can sense it. And when it's there, you run for it. I love it when we have worship time up here because I'm already at the front. I don't have to worry about what anyone thinks. I can step straight into what I'm sensing. Man, while we were at at the Moore Conference... There was a, a, a part of the worship that was just so sublime, yeah? And at, at this particular time, there was someone just fell in the, in, in the presence of God. But there was a woman that came forward on her knees, bawling her eyes out, just wanting more of God because she sensed something was going on at the front. She didn't matter. She just got there. She just knelt there. She was there for like 40 minutes, just weeping and just glorifying Jesus because she sensed something, the heart and the sight of a gatekeeper. It was when worship finished that I looked up and realized it was my daughter Faith. Yeah? There, how cool. The heart of a gatekeeper, yeah? The heart, the sight of a gatekeeper. You know, you only have to think about, some of you probably don't know, the different people that have ministered in our house have said things like, there's such a spirit on this house. There's such a tangible presence. It's so easy to minister here. I, Corey Turner himself said after his first time, he goes, I was hearing things clearer than any place I've been. It's not like this where I go. Yeah? Can we put the photo up there for a minute? This was taken one time. This is from an iPhone. No filter. No filter, just an iPhone, someone across the road, I think it was Josh Dwyer, wasn't it? Yeah, across the road at the IGA, just takes a photo because he saw the rainbow, the rainbow covering our house. What I love, no filter, yet above the rainbow, look at the darkness. People might say it's a fault of an Apple phone, and they're probably correct. But I'm going to say that's a supernatural picture. That's a supernatural reality. That's what's on this house. So when God says, I want to bestow upon you the heart and the eyes of a gatekeeper for this season. So when you encounter his presence, you step into that access point where the door opens and swings both ways. It's for us and it's for now and it's for those that are around us. You wouldn't even remember, because I didn't even remember, but my wife reminded me that Gary Morgan stood here one day prophesying over our church, and he actually said that we, would, we are and would be gatekeepers for the region. We were supposed to be, I was supposed to be at the Moore Conference to hear those words, to remind us yeah, of what has been predestined for this house. Yes, I'm proud of this house. But I'm more excited with what God's going to do with those of us in this house and who he's going to bring into this place, yeah? This is not bragging. I'm just, I'm just over the moon. Over and over again, people have talked about the tangible presence of God that they've encountered here at this church. And now God wants us to be gatekeepers.
So the question is, do you want to be a gatekeeper? Yeah. Amen. You know, it's really easy. It's really easy. Do you know the Bible never asks you to be spiritual? The Bible doesn't ask you to be spiritual. The Bible asks you to walk before the Lord. Yeah? If you read Isaiah 40, 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high winds like, wings like eagles. They will run, not grow. They will walk and not faint. When the Bible... Let me teach you right now. When the Bible talks about walking, it's an expression of character. Yeah? It doesn't ask you to be spiritual. It doesn't ask you to be perfect. When it talks about walking before the Lord, it's an expression of character. Why do I say that? Because in John 1, 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. He saw Jesus walking towards him. And he said, look, it's the Lamb of God. As he walked, he declared the character of the man that he saw. We just have to walk. And if we walk before the Lord justly all of our days, gatekeepers with a heart for his presence, with eyes that can sense when God's on the move, when knowing and understanding that whenever we start to experience something, we're in an access point where we have unlimited access to, where the, the door swings both ways, where people will walk in and follow us, but more so the spiritual realm, yeah? comes and angels sit up there and over there and rivers flow through here and people are healed because they see a physical act of a foot being massaged and they claim it for themselves and all of a sudden they're healed. It's because something happened. An access point was open. God moved in great power. That's why I know when Jess gets up and shares her heart, she's giving of herself, yeah? She's walking before the Lord. The Lord will take care of the getting. We just have to walk. We need to love the secret place. Love worship. Love him. David had a heart after God's heart. That doesn't mean that his heart came after God's heart. Yeah, That means that David had a heart that was after, chasing after God's heart. Yeah? We need to get it in context. David was a man who had a heart after God's heart. So people think, oh, his heart was molded in, you know, in the shape and character after God's heart. So they took God's heart and then David had a heart after God's heart. No, no, no. David had a heart that was after, that was chasing, yeah? Because there's always more. But we've already got the fullness of God living inside of us. Yes, you do. But there's more, Yeah. Because you don't know how big God is. There's no beginning, there is no end. How, how, how big is a piece of string? Yes, he lives within us for us, but he comes upon us for everybody else. So you can be satisfied with what you've got and not go after his heart, but you'll never have an unction of the Spirit rest upon you where you see miracles, signs and wonders flowing. Yeah, It's an access point to heaven. You know, I'm going to finish with this because of the time. Um, there's just so much that, that we learnt. But just in, with, I'm going to hang on just for a minute because Bill was just sharing sometimes in doing something out of ourselves because he, he, brought, he brought to the table on one of the days that the root word for righteous and the root word for generous are the same root word. So you want to practice righteousness, practice generosity and vice versa. So you'll never see a righteous person be stingy, will you? Yeah? And he was sharing that 
what's happened twice for them as a church in Reading at a drive through coffee shop is that someone has paid for the person behind them, you know, as they do. But they've done it from a heart because they just want to bless. But he goes, what they've done is they've stepped into a point where they've created an access point, yeah, for the presence of God. They've, they've gone in there with the right heart, the Jesus heart, and they've, they've decided to be a blessing, to give, yeah? Twice it's happened where that they've, somebody has started that and it's run for six hours. Six hours. Now, here's the question that he posed, and I love it. Do you not think that in that six hours some stingy person came to the window? You know, that would never, ever have given a dollar even to his own child and then at that moment overcome because of the access point he's just driven into, paid for the person behind him. First time he's ever been generous in his life, yeah? So yesterday I'm at the conference and I'm in line for a coffee and I'm talking to some some guy, I don't, don't even know where he's from. And you know, you know they always put the things and you've got to go this way and you've got to go this way. It's like when you go to the Regent Cinema here in Ballarat. There's no one in the line, but you have to go this way. You've got to go this way. You've got to go this way. Unless, unless you're Ross or Dave Bailey, they just walk around like that. But I can't do it. It's there. It says to come in this way. So I walk this way, walk this way, walk this way. You know? Meanwhile, I, I, inside of me, the wrath is, you know. So I'm in this line to get a coffee. And at the time, Mel wanted a cup of tea. Mark and Kaz were with us and she wanted a coffee and so I'm just lining up and I'm in one of the straights and I'm just talking to someone. A guy, two, two people in front of me, turns around that's sitting behind us in the conference. Matt is from Sydney, from a Baptist church in ha- Haberfield. And uh, he turns around and he goes, Andrew, can I get your coffee? And I, I'd already had a few people buy me, co- like, buy me coffee. I was really blessed while I was away, to be honest. Um, and I said, no, look, it's all right. And he goes, no, I'll get your coffee. And I said, Matt, I've got a whole list. You know, like I feel bad. And then he goes, it's all right. Just give me the list. Yeah. So I tell him, I need a latte, I need a skinny latte, I need a tea, milk. Yeah, a teaspoon of milk. Because a dash is too much. Yeah. And, and as, as, he's taking, as, he's, as he's taking that in his mind and he's sharing it with the lady at the front to, to order... This person next to me almost falls over. And I'm talking at the exact time that he says, that's okay, I'm going to get all of that. It was like that his expression of wanting to give, right, created an access point for heaven. And this person next to me almost falls over like I catch him. I go, you all right? He goes, yeah, I'm just a bit sensitive to the spirit. I said, it's okay, Matt's buying me coffee. You know, like, yeah, yeah, wait, wait. So we start walking and he goes, hold on. He goes, I've got a word for you. He goes, God's given me a picture. Yeah, so he starts to unpack this picture while we're in this coffee line. I don't even have to order. I'm just walking in the line now. Now I'm just, now I'm just doing the walk of shame, you know. Like, and he gets to the, we finally come out of the line and he, and he goes, and the last part of this picture, and he goes, I see a silver key. He goes, I see a silver key. He goes, can you put your hand out? And he puts his hand on top of mine and he goes, I don't know what it's for, but he goes, the Lord wants to give you this silver key. Yeah. And when the time comes, he's going to tell you when to use it and what it's for. Then we get into a session 
And we start talking about the, that the Father in this season wants to entrust us with the heart and the sight of a gatekeeper. Yeah? He may have given me that word, yeah, for the key, but knowing what's been preached there by Gary Morgan and what I heard over the weekend, that is for our house. Yeah? And I declare that over our house. Why don't we all stand? Why don't we all stand? Corey Turner once said, actually just last week, he goes, if you take care of the getting, uh, of the giving, God will take care of the, uh, of the getting. He goes, if all of you, he was talking to our leaders, he goes, if all of you came every week with the, the desire to give, he goes, someone might give money to somebody. Someone might give a piece of clothing to someone else. Somebody may give a word of encouragement. But you all came and every week, he was just talking to the leaders, every one of you gave something. He goes, hear me, the doors won't be able to be closed because of the people that would be coming here. Because when you look after the giving, the Father will look after the getting. Because the access point runs both ways, yeah? So with every eye closed, let's pray. Let's believe. Let's declare the goodness of God in this house and in our lives. Father, right now, Lord, we want to say yes and amen to every word that was spoken over that conference. God, but more so, Lord God, the, the reality of the season that we're in, that God is looking for people that he can entrust with the heart and the sight of gatekeepers. Gatekeepers for the manifest presence of the living God. I thank you for the words that have been spoken over Mount Clear Church of Christ in the past. And Lord God, they've not forgotten. But Lord God, they have been remembered. And Father, they are in the forefront of our hearts and minds. I thank you, Lord God. You are a supernatural Father. And whenever we encounter you, we encounter your presence. And where we encounter your manifest presence, Lord, we encounter an access point to the treasury of heaven. An access point where there's a door where people can come and go both ways. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the gate. Father, that you've given us the key to access that gate through Jesus. So Lord God, we're believing for the supernatural in the house. We're believing for the extraordinary in the house. We're believing for the moments of astounding awe and wonder in the house. Father, we're believing for the miraculous in the house. Father, right now, even with, I pray for Roz and Nick, Lord God, not to, to point them out, but a sickness that won't shake, the, shake. Father, we picture you, the author, the perfecter of our faith, the God that we're just wow of, the God that, that John fell onto his knees as if he was dead. And with that Jesus and that picture, we say, be healed in Jesus' name. Father, we continue to believe and pray. Father, we don't pray to the sickness. We don't pray to what Alan has. Father, we just pray to the God that knows what Alan needs. And so, Father, we say, work a healing in that body that he would walk away. Lord, you know how it's knit together. Father, we want to believe by faith that access point where your angels come and go, where people have felt and discovered and experienced. Lord, we're believing that access point will be alive and well all over Alan's body and his life in Jesus' name. That strength will come back to that left arm. That movement would come back to his toes, Lord God. That legs would start to move. Father, we don't have to see it on the spot. We just know that you can do it in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to be a house that trusts you. 
We want to be a house that moves in you. We want to be a house that's sensitive to you. Sensitive to you when you're present with us. Sensitive to you when your angels are coming and going. Sensitive to you when that access point is open. And Father, may we have many access points over the house. Many access points over and across the building. Father, regardless of age or stature or height, Father, that many people would understand what they carry. That they would say yes, Father, to being entrusted, Lord, with the keys of being a gatekeeper, that we would, Father, see Ballarat completely, completely turned upside down for Jesus. Father, we declare, we decree, we claim, and we stamp this, Father. We stamp this into the life of our church. We stamp this into the life of our family. We stamp this into the life of this day, in this point of history, Lord, for our community. And all these people said, let's be gatekeepers. Amen.